0: What do I actually need? What do I actually want? Who am I without all of this external noise and all of these expectations and standards that I'm trying to live up to?
1: Hello, and welcome to the Evolving with Jessica podcast. My name is Jessica. I am an integrative nutrition health coach, a holistic skin healing guide, and certified life coach. In this podcast, we cover topics such as holistic health and wellness, nutrition, and spirituality. If you enjoy or gain any insight, please leave a review. This makes the show more searchable, which helps others find the information too. In this episode, I am joined by Amy Natalie. Amy is an empowerment coach and feminine embodiment guide with almost a decade of coaching experience. She specializes in helping women to emerge as the most authentic, confident, and successful versions of themselves. Her mission is to reconnect women with their feminine energy and empower them to follow their soul calling. Some of the topics discussed today are the root cause and limiting beliefs that hold us back from true empowerment, our experiences on a health and spiritual path, navigating uncomfortable emotions, the importance of having a daily ritual or practice, becoming aware of your environment and the programming taking place, mirror dancing, a practice that Amy recommends, being stuck in the masculine and how to move into the feminine, how our diet affects our overall health, incorporating play into daily life, recognizing deep-rooted fear and having fear around what others think, using somatic healing methods to, to help with suppressed emotions and our own personal experiences with anxiety and depression. For a full list of topics, You can find them in the description, as well as links on where to find more from Amy. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome Amy Natalie to the Evolving with Jessica podcast. I would love if you would start out by sharing who you are, what you do, and who
0: do you help. Hey Jessica, thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here with you in this space, and yeah, I just want to take like a moment to take a deep breath. so We can all drop in together, whatever everyone's doing as you're listening. I always love to just take a breath to drop into the body before we we begin. So um, we'll just take a quick inhale and exhale. Yeah, just arriving here into our bodies, into this moment. When you're ready, we can come back. And yeah, a big part of my work is connecting to the body and connecting to feminine energy. A lot of the time we can get caught in that hustle and doing and going and just like checking things off the to-do list and going from one thing to another. And we forget to breathe. We forget to be present with what's happening in our bodies. And so, yeah, I feel like that's a big piece of my work because so much of our intuition and so much of our wisdom and so much of our, our well-being lives in our body. And when we're living kind of from like the neck up, we often forget about that. And we feel disconnected from who we really are because we're not paying attention to those signs and signals. So um, I'm a women's empowerment coach, a feminine embodiment guide. I've been coaching for about 10 years now. And I started in the health coaching and nutrition space and had an in-person practice. And then Over time, really started to do some deeper mindset and somatic healing with my clients and have had an online business for the last six years where I serve ambitious women who really struggle with confidence, who struggle with trusting themselves, who maybe have big dreams and desires, but they feel really stressed. They feel overwhelmed and they struggle to be their authentic self to really listen to what their needs and desires are and to fully express themselves, to be who they really came here to be. So I always like to say the three areas that I work with my clients in are power, which is really about confidence, purpose, really connecting to like, why am I here? And what am I here to offer the world? And pleasure, bringing more of that pleasure and joy and happiness into their lives.
1: How did you become interested in coaching women on empowerment and embodiment?
0: Yeah, so as I mentioned before, I started my career as a holistic health coach and a nutritionist because I was really passionate about helping others on their healing journeys more on the physical realm. So I had struggled with digestive issues, autoimmune issues, and I really found a lot of empowerment in learning about my own health and well being through nutrition. And as I was working with women as a nutritionist, I realized that there were actually these deeper patterns that were blocking them from implementing the changes that I was recommending. And even if they were losing weight or if, even if they were eating healthier, there was still a piece where they were feeling unhappy or unfulfilled. And so I was like, there has to be something deeper here that's going on. At the same time in my own life, I was really struggling with self-confidence. I was struggling with depression and anxiety. I had a lot of chronic health issues still, even though I was eating healthy. And that led me to going a lot deeper into figuring out like, why I was feeling unhappy and unhealthy. And that really helped me to get to the deeper root cause of a lot of the limiting beliefs that I was carrying about my body, about myself, that were creating the results that I was getting in my life. So on the outside, my life looked really freaking great. Like I was married at the time in my early twenties. I We owned a house together. I had my own nutrition coaching business. I had it all on the outside, but inside I was feeling so miserable and I knew that I wasn't being my best self. And I also knew I wasn't being my authentic self. So it always felt like something was missing and that I was capable of more. And as I started to go deeper on my own spiritual journey, I explored meditation and yoga and I started to work with some coaches and really dig deep into, you know, what was it that was standing in my way, and I knew I was the one getting in my way. Um, As I started to go deeper into that, everything in my external world started to change. So I started to listen to my intuition more, I started to trust myself more, I started to make decisions that actually felt more aligned for me in my relationships, in my career, And that resulted in going through a divorce at 27 years old, which was the hardest decision that I've ever made, and really restructuring my life and orienting it according to who I really am, not who I thought I should be for other people. And as I did that, my success in my business transformed and my relationships changed and I really started to experience a lot more joy and pleasure and a lot more fulfillment in the work that I was doing. And I was like, okay, I want to teach women how to do this. I want to teach women that whatever they desire in their lives, whatever they truly want is possible for them. And in order to do that, we have to look at the fears and the limiting beliefs that are getting in their way. And another big piece of my journey is being really stuck in the masculine all the time. Like, really in that ambitious, constantly working, overdrive, being exhausted because I'm working out too much, working out too hard, and really coming back to my feminine body, coming back to my breath, coming back to movement, coming back to feeling good and comfortable in my body. So those are a couple of the pieces that I weave together in my work and that I feel Yeah, have made the biggest difference in my life and that are the most impactful for my clients as well.
1: I can feel how aligned you are with yourself at this present moment. So I can tell that this journey has definitely led you on the right path and I and that you are, you know, where you're meant to be. It sounds like you've lived in another life before this one and that you're exactly where you should be right now. And I do have to add it just it's like a breath of fresh air when someone is their authentic self because it gives the the other people around that space to also be their authentic self and every time you're talking about you know taking a breath <laughs> i just notice I'm sitting here holding my breath so i hope everyone listening is you know taking that as like a pause to take a deep breath and relax into yourself and into your body I do want to go back to um, the part where you were talking about your diet and uh, your physical health before you got into the more um, energetic uh, mindset world. I know that with the diet, you said that there was something underneath that under the physical part. So that's why you went more towards that area, like the metaphysical. Now the women that you work with, what role does a person's diet and overall physical health play in their results when they work with you. So for example, could someone get really great results as far as embodiment and empowerment and not eat a a healthy diet, eat like a standard American diet, and then someone else eat a health, like does the diet play a role
0: at all? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say that it definitely does. And you know, when we're nourishing our bodies and when we're feeding our bodies foods that give us energy and that make us feel like not bloated and not inflamed, like when we're eating foods that give us more life force energy, we're going to be able to show up as a better version of ourselves. We're going to have more study emotions. We're going to have more energy to put towards our, our relationship. So it makes a really big difference. But the way that I like to look at food is through the lens of nourishment and really tuning into like, what does my body actually need versus having these like strict regimented diets where you're counting your macronutrients, where you're being really limited in, let's say, taking out carbs or taking out fat. Like I don't look at nutrition like that anymore. It's really more about honoring, like making sure that you're eating on a consistent basis, making sure that you're eating whole nourishing foods, that you're drinking enough water, that you're getting enough movement. Like these things are important to be the best version of yourself without having like the food in place. Emotionally, there's just a lot of instability that can happen. And of course, you're not gonna feel good in your body when you're feeling inflamed and bloated, right? So yeah, food makes a really big difference. And what I would say is that just the approach is different than what it used to be.
1: Yeah, definitely. There's so much information out there about diet and nutrition that it's hard to know what's right. The only answer really is to ask yourself and tune into your body. So if you're not in touch with your body, it makes it very difficult because of all the noise out there with the different diets what are some practical steps that women can take to start feeling more empowered and embodied in their
0: lives? Mm. Yeah, let me tune into that for a second. One of the first things that I offer to my clients is to really start creating space and time to connect with themselves. And I know that this can be scary to slow down, to do a meditation, to do some journaling, because often we're afraid that if we actually do that, that we're going to discover things that are uncomfortable, right? Maybe certain emotions might come up, or maybe you're going to realize like, oh, I am not actually meant to be in this relationship, or oh, I'm really unhappy in my job, or oh, I actually have these habits that don't feel good for me. And so, having a daily ritual and practice where you allow yourself the space to connect with your soul and where you take that time to slow down to connect with yourself is how you start to listen to what do I actually need? What do I actually want? Who am I without all of this external noise and all of these expectations and standards that I'm trying to live up to? So the way that I love to do that is through a daily morning ritual. And I I have a guided practice for anyone who's new to having a morning ritual that can help to guide you through a practice. But really setting aside time each morning, even if you start with five minutes, where you are writing a gratitude list or you're doing a guided meditation or you're putting on music and dancing to one song, taking that time to connect with yourself is going to help you to start to listen to your inner voice and your intuition. So I think that's a really important piece. And another piece is surrounding yourself with a community of like-minded people because our habits are really strongly influenced by our environment and by the people around us. And so if you have people around you who have unhealthy habits or who have really toxic or negative beliefs or or they're negative thinking or they're constantly gossiping, we can get caught up in that really quickly. And when you start to spend more time with people who are on a growth-oriented path, who have similar values, who have similar interests to you, that can help you to start to see yourself in a different way and can help you to start to make changes faster than if you keep staying in the same environment that you were before. So those are two things that that I would recommend. And a third is a practice that I really love. And I find that sometimes when it comes to personal development, people take it really seriously. And it gets really heady and they're trying to figure out like, how can I fix myself? How can I find the solution to this problem? And one of the pieces that we forget about is play. We forget to play. We forget to have fun. We forget to enjoy ourselves. And so one of the practices that I love is having a daily dance party. And there's there's a technique that I use, which is called mirror dancing, which is turning on a song and you can wear something that you feel comfortable in. You can, work, you can wear workout clothes, you can wear lingerie, whatever you feel like really good in and moving your body to the music, but not worrying about what it looks like, more focusing on how does my body want to move to this song? How does, what feels good in my body as I'm moving? And when we do that, we start to wake up the part of ourselves that is more alive. We start to wake up the part of ourselves that is more joyful. And also sometimes when we're dancing, emotions come to the surface and it helps us to release those emotions. I don't know about you, but music like really speaks to my soul. And I feel like for a lot of people, it's that way. And we forget when we get into like our adult life, we get so serious and we forget about having that play and that joy and that connection, that deeper soul connection to music that allows us to feel and allows us to express ourselves in different ways.
1: I am so with you on the dancing to the music. That brings me back to childhood times and I'm sure it does for a lot of people, which is I think why it's so beneficial and so important to do because we do lose touch of that play And that fun that gets to come out when we just are, when we just let ourselves be and explore the movement or the music or whatever we want to do with our bodies and just have fun. And like you said, play. On the note of listening to the people around you and um, the programming that kind of happens um, depending on your environment and who you surround yourself with, I find that I feel my energy shift and my vibration change depending on the music. So I can jam out to something that I listened to when I was a little kid and it can bring me back and make me feel good and it'll be great memories. And then I can listen to something that's a different frequency and I feel different in my body. And it's kind of like, uh, for me at least, it's navigating like okay, this song isn't making me feel better than I was feeling. I'm going to put on a different song because just like the people around us and our environment, you know, the music, the TV, the whatever's on the computer, the podcast, depending on what you're listening to, it's also programming you. So I think being conscious of that as well.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think it's so important to look at like What am I feeding my brain with? What am I influencing my mind with? And it's the same thing on social media. Like, if you're just looking at, you know, other people's bodies or looking at all these, you know, comparing yourself all day on social media. Of course, you're going to feel like shit when you get off there, you know, like this is a huge issue that we're facing in society today is, you know, seeing other people's highlight reels and constantly comparing yourself or feeling like you're not good enough or your life isn't as amazing as other people's, right? And so we have to be really aware and conscious of what are we giving our attention to where are we giving our energy so like you said the music that we listen to the books that we read the media that we take in the people that we surround ourselves by all of that is impacting our vibration our frequency and how we how we feel throughout our day
1: what are some of the most common challenges that women face when they come to you
0: yeah i feel like one of the biggest fears that a lot of women have is the fear of being judged or the fear of what other people are going to think about them. And because of this fear, and this is a really deeply rooted fear that's rooted in our survival mechanism as a species. So when we look at the brain and when we look at how we've evolved over time, back in the day, if you were not conforming to your tribe or if you were you know, outcast from your tribe, you would be on your own and you wouldn't be able to survive, right? And so we have this survival mechanism of we're social beings. It's like, how can, I, how can I adjust my behavior? How do I have to be in order to be loved, in order to be accepted in this tribe, in this community, right? And when we do that, we often start acting in ways or, be, yeah, behaving in ways that are not authentic to ourselves, So we will often suppress certain parts of our personalities. We might even dress different. We might talk different. We might not pursue certain passions that we want. We might stop ourselves from going after our dreams and our desires, right? All because we're afraid of what is this person going to think? What's my family going to think? What's that random person on the internet going to think? What are my friends going to think? Mm -hmm. And when we're so focused on making other people happy, I'm personally a recovering people pleaser, I've made a lot of progress with that. But in my journey, a lot of it was, you know, not wanting to disappoint other people, not wanting to make other people uncomfortable. But because I had created this whole persona and this whole life, according to that, I was suffering, I was unhappy. And that also affected my relationships and the people in my life too. So really starting to look at this piece around like focusing less on how does it look to other people and what do i want what is it that makes me happy what is it that brings me joy and really taking the time to connect with that and starting to do that in small steps right you don't have to change your whole life all at once you don't have to ditch all of your friends and like move across the country although That's totally a possibility. I moved across the country, Um, you know, but I, I do think that it starts with taking that time of instead of focusing just like so much on how does this look for other people is starting to take that inventory of what are the things that I'm doing because I feel like I should be doing or because I feel like it would look good for others and really focusing on like, who am I? And what do I want? Because this is your life and you get to create the life that you want. So that's one piece is fear of what other people think. And another piece is this conversation around worthiness, which is really at the root of a lot of self, self-like self image issues. It's a, at a lot of the root of self lack of self-confidence is this idea of like, I'm not good enough as I am. Like I need to, you know, get a promotion or I need to have a certain my body look a certain way, or I need to make a certain amount of money, or I need to be in a relationship in order to be good enough, right? Mm -hmm. This idea that there's something wrong with me because I don't have all of these things. And that's a very common belief that we're fed through advertising and marketing, that you have to fix something in order to be good enough, right? And we also learn this through through our parents, through, through programming when we're younger too. So one of the practices that I really love offering my clients is to start to take inventory of what are the things that you appreciate about yourself? What are the things that you want to celebrate about yourself? What are the things that you're proud of yourself for? when I was first asked this question, what are like 10 things that you like about yourself or 10 things that you you admire about yourself? I was like, I don't know, maybe I have like three. And my mind was so used to focusing on how I was bad at things or I wasn't you know, meeting my expectations, the things that I wasn't good at, that I never took that time to build my own self-esteem and my own self-worth and really acknowledge like all of the things that I am good at and all of the things that I do love about myself. So it really is a reprogramming and we try and seek that validation outside of ourselves. We often are seeking someone else to give us that validation, but that's not reliable. And it also doesn't work long-term. And until we really fill ourselves with that validation and that self-worth, we're gonna keep seeking it externally And that's kind of like a vicious cycle that's never ending until you really get to the root of taking a look at this pattern.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything you're saying sounds like it's connecting back to what we were talking about before with uh, your environment and everything you're taking in because if the self-worth and the self-love isn't there, then take a look at your surroundings. And also going back to what you were saying um, about why we do what we do. And the underlying reason is usually fear. And it really is. If you peel back the layers, if you, if you stop and ask yourself why you're doing something, there's a book called Letting Go by Dr. Hawkins. He uses uh, buying a new car as an example. And if you peel back the layers of like why you want the car, it really stems down to fear of death. And, you know, you might think, how in the world do you get there from wanting to buy a new car? And it essentially what you said is because you want this status and you want this status because you want to fit in into this group, into this community, and you want to fit in because you need to be included so that you feel like you won't be killed potentially. And, you know, years and years and years ago, but that stays with us through you know, through generations, it's implanted so deeply into ourselves that it's really meant to just keep us alive. And we get to we get to navigate that, knowing that now, like we can we can look at that from we can step outside of ourselves and look at that and observe it and know that that's not us. That's just something that's built into our programming to keep us alive. So we can be grateful for that and know that it's not real. We don't actually have to fear you know, being not included, that we are safe. So um, another a question I like to ask myself too is who am I living for? Like when you're going to do something, are you doing this for someone else? or Are you doing it for you? I love that question. How do you help women navigate difficult emotions or experiences that may be blocking them from feeling empowered?
0: Yeah, this one really is near and dear to my heart because as someone who struggled with depression and anxiety for so long and yeah, I was really in that space of negative self-talk and constantly feeling sad or anxious and hopeless, like waking up in the morning, feeling like what's the point, you know, and I know so many people feel that way and also like I'm a really sensitive person. Like I'm also really strong, but I'm really sensitive. And the more in touch that I've got with my emotions and the more that I've come to a place of self-compassion and acceptance that I don't need to be happy all of the time, right? I don't need to put this pressure on myself to always be happy, to always be joyful. And also like coming out of that place of judging myself when I do feel bad, that has completely shifted my relationship to my emotions. So I call this process emotional alchemy, which is really about taking a look at the harder emotions, the heavier emotions, sadness, grief, anxiety, fear, overwhelm, taking a look at these emotions and getting curious about them and being like, oh, like it's okay for me to have these emotions, I'm human and there's nothing bad or wrong with me for having these emotions right because when we judge our emotions they just get louder and they stay there and it and it gets so much worse right but when we can really be with our emotions and know that the anxiety and depression or the sadness the emotions that feel really heavy they're actually here to teach us something they're here to say oh like something's out of alignment here Maybe you're not getting enough sleep. Maybe you are eating foods that like, you know, if you're drinking coffee or drinking alcohol or eating a lot of sugar or gluten and things that might not agree with you, your emotions might be telling you like, hey, there's something there for you to look at. Maybe you're in an unhealthy relationship and you keep going through these like toxic patterns and cycles. And so you keep having these emotions that are really intense And your emotions are actually here to say, hey, there's something out of alignment. So I really like to look at our emotions as messengers and to really start to have compassion and have awareness and curiosity when they're there. And then from that place, I like to use different somatic healing methods, which I use in my embodiment practices with my clients, which is using breath, using sound, using movement, to move the energy through the body. A lot of times in therapy, what will happen is you'll just keep talking through the problem. And you might have awareness that you feel depressed or anxious, which is a really great step. But it doesn't mean that you're moving the energy or that you're processing it through the body. And we store energy, we store emotions in our body. And when you can learn how to move those emotions through your body, instead of feeling depressed or anxious for like a week or months or years at a time we can actually take that emotion when it comes up and we can alchemize it we can move it through the body and notice a shift in like 5 to 10 minutes and it can happen really quickly so that's an important piece of the process too is i do think that it's helpful to have awareness around your emotions but really learning how to move the energy through your body is an important piece And then a lot of times in like the spiritual space, people will do this thing where like spiritual bypass, where they'll be like, oh, just think positive. Like what would be a more empowering thought that you could have, right? Just say an affirmation. And unless you've done the process of moving the energy through your body first, saying an affirmation or thinking positive isn't actually going to shift your energetic state that much, or it's not going to shift it for that long. But once you've moved that energy, it is helpful to start to connect with, okay, like, what is the truth here, right? what What is it that I actually, how is it that I want to feel? and what are the thoughts and the beliefs that are going to help me to get there? So, you know, through these practices, I've worked with women who have struggled with bipolar disorder. I've worked with women who have struggled with chronic anxiety, who have been to years and years of therapy. I work with women who have been on antidepressants for years. And when we start to work on relating to their emotions differently, but also working on the lifestyle factors that are causing the misalignment in the first place, that's where we really start to see sustainable shifts.
1: Mm. I've never shared this before, but I also suffered with anxiety and depression, and I self medicated as well. I'm curious how you got from that place to where you are now.
0: Hmm. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I know that mental health is still like a really taboo topic and something that a lot of us carry shame around. And I find that the more that we're willing to share about it, it gives other people permission to know that they're not alone, Mm -hmm. right? Because so many people suffer in silence. Yet when you look at the statistics for mental health, like most people, are struggling, right? like, like, it is the majority of our population that have some type of emotional, you know, how many people are seeing therapists or not seeing therapists and taking medication, like it's a big deal. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, thanks for sharing that. I, for me, the biggest shift was starting a daily meditation practice spending time with myself and devoting to my daily practices where I connect with myself before I connect with the world, before I check my email, before I answer to anyone's text messages, before I just jump into my day and like move through my day unconsciously. Having a morning ritual has radically changed my life. It has truly allowed me to be an observer of my thoughts and observer of my emotions versus reacting and responding to my circumstances. So having that daily devotion, I talk about a difference between devotion and discipline. A lot of people try and like get really disciplined with their exercise and get really disciplined with their nutrition and make themselves do a meditation. And like that usually doesn't last for very long, especially for women who are more feminine beings, like we're very intuitive and we, when we're like forcing ourselves to do things, we're not actually listening to our bodies. So what I like to say is devotion is like about showing up for your higher self, showing up for your future self. And devotion is really about like committing to feeling good. So it's like, Waking up in the morning, I putting your hands on your body, checking in, taking a deep breath, and being like, okay, what do I need this morning right now? And that changes from day to day. It could be I need to go for a walk, I want to do some yoga, I want to do some journaling, some breath work. Like, what is it that I need today versus having this like prescriptive, I need to do the same thing all of the time, or I need to do all of these things that take me two hours to do, right? Having this checklist, but but feeling stressed out because then you're running late, you know? Um, So yeah, having a daily practice of spending time with myself and being connected to myself is the biggest thing that, that made the shift. And to be honest, working with a lot of mentors, working with coaches constantly, like being a student, learning about myself, but not from that place of fixing myself, more from the place of curiosity and really aspiring to be the best version of myself.
1: Um mm, uh that definitely hits home for me. My path was very very similar. Um I think I before I started the morning ritual though, I went from, you know, self-medicating with prescription drugs to moving to plant medicine, um like smoking marijuana a little bit or microdosing mushrooms and then gradually to the place where meditation was taking the place of that which is beautiful and that we you know we actually can do that like we have that power and that control and we decide that we do and so it was a gradual path like that for me and then the the deciding to respond instead of react in every situation and just becoming more self-aware and observing myself and realizing that I am the cause of everything you know, to taking responsibility for everything going on around you or in your life, that you are, you are the actor, you're the director, you're the producer, you're the writer, like it's, it's all you. So then you're the only one to look at. And um, when you do that, it's just, it's so empowering.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so grateful that you shared about your journey too. And I just want to normalize too that like, if someone is on medication, like there's nothing wrong with that. And that is really important to have support throughout the process and to not like try and do it on your own. So like as someone who is on, you know, antidepressants for well over 10 years, like it took a lot to get to that place where I could wean off. And I did have a lot of support. And I also had been, you know, doing a lot to to show up for my mindset practices and for my spiritual work leading up to that point. So, yeah. And there is a time and a place for, for medication. I'm really grateful that it existed. And that that was an option for me as well. Right. Um, so yeah, I always like to make sure that we're like, yeah, acknowledging that there's nothing wrong with it. Right. And if you're someone who's desiring to not be on that forever, because I don't believe that it's a long-term solution. Right, Mm -hmm. I think in some ways it can be abandoned and in some cases it's it's necessary. So it is like an individual basis.
1: Yes, thank you for saying all of that. Um, I would like to give a disclaimer that um, I am by no means giving anyone advice to take the path that I did. I'm simply sharing um, what I went through um, during my years of you know my mental health just being not in my control or me feeling like it wasn't in my control rather I mean wherever you are right now is where you're supposed to be and everyone has their own path and you should definitely always seek support no matter what direction you want to go in from a professional and Mm -hmm. my path played a big role in my skin because you know I, I had severe skin issues for several years. And I think a big part of that did come from the self-medicating. And, um, I'm sure also, and I can speak to you about this is trapped emotions because that shows up in physical ways in the body. And I know I had a lot of suppressed emotions that I worked through in order to clear my skin. So that's, that was a huge factor.
0: hmm yeah our the symptoms in our bodies are always similar to our emotions like they're always speaking to us and they are invitations to really take a look at like what am i suppressing what am i holding on to what am i not paying attention to right and and our bodies are trying to get our attention they're trying to get us to pay attention and to slow down and to listen, and they'll do anything that they can, right? Like, there's nothing like having skin issues that make you feel self-conscious and make you feel really uncomfortable to actually be like, okay, I need to do something different. I need to pay attention.
1: Yeah. Could you share any resources such as books or podcasts that have been particularly impactful in
0: your own journey or any, the women that you help? hmm Yeah. Oh my God. There's, there's so many. It's interesting. I used to read a lot and, and listen to a lot of podcasts. Like that was like a big part of like my growth. And then when I started to do more embodiment work, I stopped like taking in so much information and I really started like living in the moment and learning from my experiences and being more present in like not having to like take in so much information. So I still love books and podcasts. Um, I have my own podcast, the Feminine Frequency Podcast, and I've had so many incredible guests on that podcast. So a lot of my favorite authors I actually interview on the podcast. So I highly recommend for you to check that out. Um, one of my favorite authors, her name is Rebecca Campbell, and she has two books. One is called Light is the New Black and Rise, Sister Rise. Those are two incredible resources and then another book that I read more recently that I really love is called Becoming and it's spelled Becoming but instead of a C it's a Q and it's by Azria and Benjamin Becker. It's a really great personal development spiritual book with like a lot of practical tools and a lot of really grounded wisdom right it's not like super woo-woo there is some of that but yeah there's a lot of really grounded wisdom and it's a super well-written book too
1: Mm, wow okay I'm gonna check those out okay I have one final question for you what is your number one health tip whether it's mindset diet and nutrition physical emotional
0: just the one piece of advice that you would give to everyone spend more time in nature Mm. we spend so much time on our computers and our nervous systems are so like because of emfs because of being overstimulated because of being on the go all of the time our nervous systems are so wound up and really activated And in the last few years, I've really been prioritizing spending more time in nature. I actually moved to Asheville, North Carolina from California because my nervous system was really craving being around trees, being around nature more often. And the more that I'm spending time in nature, the more that it's helping to reduce my stress levels, to help me to reconnect with my authentic self, with who I truly am to unplug kind of from like the busyness and the chaos in my life. And I think it's something that we've forgotten as a species, like we focus on all these other things, but we've forgotten that being outside and being connected to nature is how we're supposed to live. Like that's a big missing piece in today's culture. And I know that a lot of people are coming back to that more and more. And I think it helps both with, physical health, but definitely for emotional health as well. Um, it, it I feel like it's such a missing link right now. So I've been really prioritizing spending more time in nature and it's made a huge impact on my health and well-being.
1: Couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being here, Amy. It was so lovely talking to you and um I can't wait to talk to
0: you more actually oh thank you so much for having me thanks everyone for listening
1: that concludes this episode if this resonated with you please give it a rating and review and if you have any questions please feel free to reach out on instagram i would love to hear from you links are in the show notes i sincerely thank you for your time and your presence